This is a message for anyone with high LDLC or bad cholesterol who has had or is at risk of having a cardiovascular adverse event. Merck is studying an investigational medication to see whether it may help lower the risk of future cardiovascular adverse events. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death worldwide. And in the United States alone, there are over 73 million people living with high LDLC. To learn about whether you may qualify, visit CoralReefStudies.com now. Again, that is C-O-R-A-L-R-E-E-F-S-T-U-D-I-E-S.com. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. When it comes to teaching kids and teens about money, practice makes perfect. That's where Greenlight comes in. With a debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. Parents send instant money transfers, create custom chores, and automate allowance, while kids track their spending, set savings goals, and practice money skills they can use today and for life. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com podcast. You are listening to Habs and Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Absent Minded. And as you have realized, in the top 16, the Sweet 16, we're going to do every player have their own episode. We're here today with number 14, Jordan Harris, who is the second in this plateau of five players within one point of each other. We had Sean Farrell yesterday. We'll have the other three in the upcoming days. I am joined today by none other than my colleague, my friend, and um, man flu uh, suffering person, Adi Halakesh. <laughs> yep, that's me. Uh, I've been sick for a week, but I'm feeling a bit better. Uh, so yeah, I, I can I can talk through it. Might mute myself a couple times to cough, but that's about it. But you know, everyone knows that the man flu is obviously the worst illness in the whole world. Absolutely. So, you know, <laughs> th- there's nothing about it. We shouldn't really be joking about it after those three years we've had with COVID. But yeah, uh, but yeah we, we can still take the piss out of it because it's back to normal now. Um, mm-hmm. Jordan Harris, though, uh, had a, quite an interesting year. Started out quite well with, with uh, Kovacevic as a defensive partner in the NHL and, mm-hmm. and built there. He was swapped around a little bit between two major pairings, I think. And, and uh, it was the... Uh, um, Savard uh, Harris and Kovacevic Harris pairing that really stood out and and one end and and the other end. Yep, absolutely. I mean, they. I'm pretty sure they led all D pairings this year in uh, expected goals differential. Um, there are a couple flaws with certain models that take into consideration expected goals. Um, you know, we were talking about it a bit before the show, but things like goaltenders who control rebounds really well usually are punished by expected goal models because they're not saving high danger rebounds that they themselves created out of nothing, stuff like that. So, um, you know, but that it, should it, also it, impact defensive players at that end, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that's why it, it should be taken with a bit of a grain of salt. But at the end of the day, I saw a lot of very good things in the way that they worked off each other, Harris and Kovacevic. Um, Harris oftentimes looked like the most mature player on that back end for Montreal. Um, really just the composed decision-making. And I think really Harris has been thinking like a pro defensively since he was 20. I mean, this is nothing new having watched him a lot for Northeastern 
it's always been a staple of his game, just how good he is at thinking his way out of trouble uh, and making smart little decisions all over the ice and getting himself out of trouble. So I'm, I'm really not surprised that his rookie year went as well as it did. Um, I'm just looking forward to see how his skill set improves from here on in because thinking your way out of trouble is one thing, but I want to see him skate or stick handle or pass his way out of trouble a lot more often, uh, which is what is kind of the next step for him in his trajectory. Um, obviously, we have a new recruit into the uh, team here and and or, or re-new or whatever we're going to call it, a new again, born again. Um, we got uh, Jeff Petrie coming in. So far, he is with the team, with the roster. We don't know if he's going to get traded before the, the season starts. Yeah. But these are the kind of things that Petrie is very good at. Would that be beneficial to, to Harris to have Petrie around and maybe teach to him something around those lines? Yeah, absolutely. The The only thing I'm concerned about is that I'm worried that Harris will be relegated to a retriever and and kind of defensive stalwart responsibility type of thing uh, by being paired with Petrie, because what Petrie's good at is skating his way out of trouble and, and carrying the puck up the ice, right? And I want Harris to get comfortable doing that. So if Jeff Petrie is taking those responsibilities away from him, that's a concern. Uh, but... I was meaning more maybe like uh, teaching him how to be oh. that Jeff Petrie. Absolutely. I mean, that, that could help. The only thing is, like, I'd be extremely surprised if Jeff Friedrich starts the year in Montreal. Yeah. If he does, that's great. I mean, that's certainly an option to show Harris the ropes in training, but I wouldn't put them on the same pair, that's for sure. I, I think that that would do more harm than good for Harris. Um, yes, he'd be watching it from an immediate standpoint, but he's not experiencing those scenarios if he's just glued to Petrie's hip all year. So, you know, having him around to show him how to do it you know, in, in training in Broussard when they're they're working on drills, etc. That'd be great, but I don't think that pairing would do well for what Jordan Harris needs to learn because what he knows already is very complementary to what Petrie knows and does well. So he would only be experiencing the scenarios that he's already very comfortable with, which is it's good for his confidence, but it's not good for his development. No, and 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 if you want to develop, you you but. As a use Petrie as a teacher, I think is is might be worth it. Um, with the with the stats that we have, obviously, I would not. Pro I would definitely not pair Harris with Savard, but but <laughs> Kovacevic yeah. and and Harris seems to be a, a, a pairing you can build forward on as well. For sure, and I think that Jonathan Kovacevic is really good at putting his defense partners in situations where they can skate the puck up the ice. So that's the main thing that Kovacev is just good at is retrieving pucks behind his net and making a, a quick, short six foot pass to a defender who's supporting him well. And Harris is very smart in terms of how to read plays and how to open himself up to receive a pass. So all he needs is a guy who's going to feed him the puck just just above the goal line so that Harris can skate the puck out of trouble. And Kovacevic is really good at that. And that's why they worked out so well together. And that's why their expected goals differential was so high. Um, is it's it was because Harris was helping Kovacevic by being in the right spots, and Kovacevic was helping Harris by feeding him pucks and just the right with just the right weight at just the right time in order for Harris to be able to skate them out of trouble really easily. So that that pairing works well both in terms of the results on the ice and the things that both players need to learn long term. Because Kovacevic can skate the puck up the ice. We can definitely improve on that. And Harris is also good at finding him in those spaces. So just having two players whose skill sets complement each other in the way that helps both of them develop, especially when we're talking about two young defenders, is something that's really good for the Habs, especially with, with a Habs team that is, that is in no situation to be contending this year. Like what you need from your team this year is to 
you want your 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 young players to be put in situations where they're going to learn and develop so that in three four five years when you're contending they're doing the right things and they have as as complete a skill set as they can have in order to impact the games in multiple ways because your your roster is going to change inevitably it's not like everyone who's on the the, the roster this year is just going to get better and then you become a contender you're going to add some key pieces to that team and it's just about how the players you currently have change their their way of playing in order to adapt to those new scenarios so there's new circumstances so i'm looking forward to it um but i feel like keeping harris and kovacevic together is a good idea uh and and it's going to help both of them develop the skills and tools that they both need in order to become key key figures of this team moving forward obviously uh harris had a couple of games the season before with the habs but this was really his rookie season how impressed were you with his rookie season very impressed but at the same time nothing really surprising um like i said jordan harris has been thinking like a pro defensively since he was 20. so in in that area of his game nothing's changed he's still a, a high a high end thinker and when it comes to you know reading opponents intentions anticipating their 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 rush patterns anticipating how they're going to be attacking off the cycle and getting involved and disrupting those elements really well that's just always been harris's bread and butter um and he's always had the skating to back it up right i mean especially off the rush you could really see how good jordan harris was at, at keeping his feet moving and matching his opponent's footwork in order to prevent them from getting set up in the uh, offensive zone to start with um for me it's just what i was looking forward to seeing from jordan harris is an elevation of his skill set i haven't seen that yet so I still think there's a, a bit of ways to go in terms of rounding out his playmaking ability, getting more confident on the puck, attacking the slot a bit more uh, when closing down from the blue line, that kind of stuff. Um, things that Caden Gooley does really well, for example. Caden Gooley is a fantastic offensive activator. He constantly jumps into offensive plays. He constantly finds ways to get involved as a fourth forward um in offensive rushes i want to see jordan harris do that more and more i've seen it a bit i've also seen jordan harris improve his physicality which is something i wasn't expecting and was you know pleasantly surprised to see um but for me the key element of jordan harris's game that needs to improve in order to see him become a a true top four defenseman would be an elevation of that skill set and an increase in his confidence offensively in terms of jumping into rushes does that come with time as he continues to play with a a more conservative, more composed and calm Jordan, uh, Jonathan Kovacevic, maybe. Um, but right now, as he stands, that's still the development objective I've had for him. Um, I, I've, I've kind of seen play out for him since he was 20. It's the same thing that I've kind of seen hold him back and what made him, what made me see him more as a bottom four defenseman rather than a top four defenseman. So the runway is getting shorter and shorter, but I'm still confident that Harris has the smarts in order to elevate that area of his game with time. I still think that's something he could develop. Will he? That's another question. And we'll see more of it this year. But I still think that he has the intelligence to develop it. And I still think it is a development objective. And and also, uh, there are youngsters pushing through. Um, yep. We have uh, Mayu. Uh, we have uh, a certain David Reinbacher. We have a certain uh, Adam Engstrom, etc., etc. There are youngsters that might be better at it's exactly those things where um, Harris will need to improve on. And yeah. it could, uh, you mentioned you bring in other pieces and it's depending on how well you adjust and, and learn and develop yourself into mm-hmm. keeping that roster spot um, for the future. How certain are you that Harris can progress and improve in that regard? 
I'm fairly confident. I don't think it'll ever get to a to the point of a Lane Hudson. Like Lane Hudson to me is the anti Jordan Harris, right? I mean, Jordan Harris, what he lacks, Lane Hudson has in spades, and what Lane Hudson has, Jordan Harris has in spades. I mean, it's just there's there's certain like if you compare the two and want to put them in similar scenarios. Lane Hudson is going to activate offensively every time while Jordan Harris stays back. That might even be a very good deep pairing because of the complementary skill sets. But for me, at the end of the day, it's all about the intelligence to know how to put yourself in those scenarios. Jordan Harris is smart enough to read plays and to understand opposing attacking patterns and opposing rush attempts and opposing cycle, uh, offensive cycle attempts. But can he put himself in the scenarios that he anticipates so well? Um, for me, the answer to that is yes. I still think he's very, very intelligent, very capable of finding himself in those scenarios and exploiting those scenarios very well. But it's it's really a matter of facing those scenarios because no matter how smart you are, if you're not experiencing those elements, if you're not experiencing those scenarios, that area of your game isn't going to expand. It's not going to develop in any way. So for me, what I really want to see next year is... Um, is Martin Saint-Louis putting Jordan Harris in situations where he's, he's forced to activate? Situations like offensive zone starts, situations like the power play. I think that'll help Jordan Harris a lot in terms of understanding and learning how to read those those offensive lanes that he can hit um, and, and exploiting them well. Even maybe pairing him with Caden Gooley would be a good idea in terms of just seeing Caden Gooley go about him and be like, oh, wow, I can do that. And all of a sudden, he's finding himself in scenarios where he's seeing the lanes that Caden Gooley would see and doing the things that Caden Gooley would do. Um, so, so it's just you need to find him the right seat in order for those elements of his game to bubble up to the surface and then become regular elements of his game so that he has enough reps in those situations that it's not a concern anymore. So right now, my big concern with Harris is that he doesn't have those reps. I know that he's smart enough to do it. I know that he's skilled enough to do it but he's not getting those reps. And it's just a matter of making sure that he experiences those scenarios. So this next year is gonna be key in that. I, I can't give you a straight answer. My personal opinion is that yes, he definitely has all the tools to make those reps more recurrent, but this next year is gonna be very telling in terms of does Martin Saint-Louis see the same development objectives that I do in terms of what Jordan Harris needs to learn to become a top four defenseman. And is that even a priority? You know. Like you said, there's a lot of moving pieces in this team. Um, there's a lot of youngsters pushing for a spot in that top six. There's an overload of defensemen on the left side. Yes, Harris can play the right side, but he's a left-handed D, and ideally he would play the left side. So is that even a priority for the Habs to make Jordan Harris a top four defenseman? That's the main question in all this, I think. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. When it comes to teaching kids and teens about money, practice makes perfect. 
That's where Greenlight comes in. With a debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. Parents send instant money transfers, create custom chores, and automate allowance, while kids track their spending, set savings goals, and practice money skills they can use today and for life. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast. Yeah, I was going to ask you, is this a complementary piece in the puzzle or is it a corner piece in the puzzle? I think Harris at his core is a complementary defenseman. I don't think he's going to be the guy manning the charge. I think his leadership abilities are solid. Maybe you can build around that and have him become uh, a leader on and off the ice. But in terms of what he brings to the game right now, he doesn't bring anything that's game-breaking. He gives he brings something that any coach loves. Any coach loves a smart, smooth skating, defensively intelligent defenseman. But he doesn't bring anything that will make or break a game, that will win you a game on his own. You know, he doesn't have the the stick handling and vision of Elaine Hudson. He doesn't have the physical ability um, uh, of a David Savard or a Caden Gooley. Um, he doesn't have an element in his game that really changes a game with one situation but he does everything very intelligently and smoothly and well and for me if he develops an offensive activation game where he's getting confident and and jumping up into the offensive zone you could see him become a corner piece because mentally on and off the ice very very solid and he's the type of player that can make a locker room gel together extremely well if he's put in a leadership role and grows into it and grows out of being a rookie because that's another thing that a lot of players sometimes get stuck in the rookie mindset of um, I need to let other people take take the stand, let other, other people have their voice. I'm here to listen and learn. If he grows out of that and becomes a speaker in that locker room, maybe the, maybe the Habs change your mind in terms of whether he's a complimentary piece or a corner piece. But his skill set in a vacuum right now just screams complimentary piece. And you need those sometimes. They're good to have in your bottom four. But like I said, there's a lot to learn for him to become a top four piece and a, a staple in that top four. We spoke a little bit in other in, in regards to other players that you don't always need the, the sexy pick or the sexy player. Yeah, You need that player that makes the sexy player better as well. And, and Jordan Harris seems to be one of those players that has the potential to 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 strive towards becoming a more integrated part of, of, of this team or 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 off in the offensive part of the team. But yeah. right now he is that player that makes a Logan Mayo or a Lane Hudson or, or or someone else a more uh, standout player when on the ice. Yeah, absolutely. What he excels at is putting his his um his teammates in good situations. He's very similar to Kovacevic in that sense where he takes whoever he's playing with and just gives them the floor to kind of explore their game. So I feel like Harris, David Savard. Then. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's very hard to make David Savard look good, but um, <laughs> it's it's a situation where I feel like he would be fantastic next to Lane Hudson. Um, you've already seen what Hudson and Reinbacher can do together, and a lot of what makes Jordan Harris good is what makes David Reinbacher good. It's the smooth skating, the defensive intelligence, the ability to think your way out of trouble and, and find little openings in, in uh, defensive formations to make a pass, that kind of thing. Um, so just, he's going to be very good at making a guy like Lane Hudson shine, but Lane Hudson is also extremely good at finding his deep partner when they activate. And that's why he works so well with Reinbacher is that David Reinbacher activates off the puck extremely well. We saw it in rookie camp 
we saw a couple situations where David Reinbacher just beelined for the offensive zone while on the cycle, and Lane Hudson was able to delay and then shoot a pitch-perfect pass onto a stick. I want to see Jordan Harris do that, and I feel like playing with Lane Hudson could be the solution to seeing him do that more often because inevitably he's going to get smart enough to understand what Lane Hudson's trying to do, and he's going to be able to just make a beeline for an open spot in the offensive zone and, and get found in those situations by a very intelligent and very good playmaking Lane Hudson. Um, so yeah, it's just, I feel like Harris is the type of player to elevate any player he plays with, but it's also very important for that player to be skilled enough to make Harris more comfortable seeing a bit more offensive scenarios. Like I mentioned, reps is the most important thing right now for Jordan Harris in terms of seeing more puck touches in the offensive zone, because that'll make him a lot more confident on the puck. And, you know, I feel like David Reinbacher is Jordan Harris with that element with that comfort activating offensively and and a wee bit more size oh for sure i mean a couple inches that, on him for sure that, that's yeah. the other thing that you have to talk about when it comes to jordan harris 511 mm. putting him worried. with putting him with line with lane hudson that's going to be two smurfs out there i'm not too worried about that jordan harris has shown a lot of situations this year where he was able to lay a big hit where he's able to hold off a 6364 winger um Jordan Harris in terms of the mechanics of his board battles in terms of the mechanics of his physical tools his ability to to throw his center of gravity in the right way to put a player on their butt is I'm not worried at all about that um I haven't seen Jordan Harris get out muscled this year which is the main concern when it comes to smaller players and I feel like if Jordan Harris was an inch taller if if his if his size started with a six and not a five no one would be talking about this as a concern, especially when you watch him on the ice and see how well, how good he is at, you know, out muscling opponents at protecting the puck at, you know, working the boards. Um, for me, that matters a lot more than the, the actual height of the player. You know, I, I've, I've seen situations where, you know, we, we talk about a guy like, um, like Daniil Boot, who was, who was drafted last year by the um, last draft by the Arizona Coyotes. He's a six foot four, two hundred pound winger, and I guarantee you, you throw a puck into the boards and send Daniil Boot and Jordan Harris in for it. Ninety times out of a hundred, Jordan Harris is coming out with that puck. It's just, it's about the skill set. It's about how you use your mechanics, how you use your body. Um, I, I always come back to Mike Weaver, who was a uh, very very funny contributor to the canadians in in the, the mid 2010s um 5'9, 185 pounds but you could not move him he was an immovable object on the ice and yeah it's all about how you use your size in my opinion and i feel like jordan harris has all the mechanics down pat in terms of how to outmuscle opponents how to push him off the puck and how to win board battles that's not a concern for me at all Interesting. Uh, again, we're here with Hadi Kalakesh uh, speaking about or talking about Jordan Harris. Um, going back to where we started this discussion a little bit is the fact that we have this plateau. I have not seen a plateau like this in our rankings before with five players that are all very good players as well um, within a point of the uh, average uh, that of, of the voting. So. Yeah. Um, we have Sean Farrell coming in at 14, and then we have number 11 coming in at 13.17. So it's 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 insane how close it is. And I think 
in some ways we shouldn't really be looking at oh he's ranked 14 we should mm -hmm. essentially say he's at this plateau because yeah. that's so close um there are obviously as you mentioned or and i mentioned other players coming up and do you see a future where you can put Jordan Harris into the AHL with, without going through waivers? I'd, I'd be extremely surprised. Um, however, if Jordan Harris is in your AHL squad because you don't have a spot for him in your top six, you're a contender. I mean, it, unless you you just have six players who are slightly better than Jordan Harris, if you have six players, if you have six defensemen who are better than Jordan Harris, you better be a contender or something's very, very wrong in your goal in between the pipes or up front. Um, Jordan Harris is a great, great defenseman. And if he gets traded out because the Habs have too many deaf pieces, it is what it is. It's not the biggest of losses, but he's still a very good NHL piece. And I feel like any team would be very, very lucky to have him. So I feel like him being a perennial AHLer would be a waste, and I don't think his agent would be very happy with that. No, uh, so I'm I think... thinking more that if if you have six players on contracts, they will have to go through waivers. Yeah. No, and, exactly. And you send Harris down for you know until the trade deadline when you lose two of them. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if a trade happens, it'll involve Harris and Petrie. I feel like that's those are the two names that I feel like are the most likely to get shipped off. Um, and I, I don't think this is the type of scenario where I feel like Harris would stay in the AHL for half a year and then get traded at the end of the year. I feel like if there's a trade involving Jordan Harris that happens, it's more likely to happen in the next few weeks. And if it doesn't happen in the next few weeks, I'd be surprised if it ever happens, because like I said, I mean, it's, it, it's the type of situation where I'm pretty sure that Marte said we absolutely adores Jordan Harris. I mean, the things that he brings to the ice are fantastic. So I'm not too worried about that being a possibility, um, but if it if it's the situation that helps you ice the lineup that'll help you develop your team the best, then sure. I just don't see any benefit in playing a 30-plus-year-old Jeff Petrie over a 22, 23, 24-year-old Jordan Harris. It just There's no situation in which that's beneficial for you long-term. So it's just about what the priority is this year, because I... I I personally, as a fan and as a fan of, of player development and scouting, I'd be very frustrated to see a Jordan Harris playing in the AHL while Jeff Petrie sees 16, 17, 18 minutes a night. That'd be, that'd be the worst case scenario, in my opinion. There you have it. You've been listening to Hadi Kalakesh and Patrick Bexel talking about Jordan Harris and his development. Standout player, even if I ranked him maybe a little bit too low going at this list. <laughs> um, but... but at least that wasn't as bad as Scott. Um, <laughs> we, we, we do, however, um, have a very young defensive core. I'm sure we'll have um, Hadi on during the uh, fall to talk about it even more. But it's it's an interest, without mentioning name now, and, and especially not the, the names in surrounding this plateau, um, yeah. but it's a very interesting defensive core that Montreal has. Absolutely. Is it the beginning of a contending core? I mean, already with Hudson, Reinbacher, Angstrom, Harris, uh, Kovacevic, um, there's a lot of pieces in that, that decor that are really, really interesting. And I don't know how much you how much more you would need to become a contender, but if Hudson hits a ceiling, 
that alone could put you in the contending spot. You add to that David Reinbacher, you add to that potentially even Logan Mayu if he improves on his decision making and, and, and defensive game. You, I mean, and the pieces that we've already talked about, Adam Engstrom, who's just been absolutely so impressive this year. Um, there's a lot of depth in the pool, um, and you've got a potential star in Hudson, um, a potential number two in Reinbacher. Um, and then it's just about what you add to that, right? But I feel All, like the yeah. Yeah. Also, this the the draft this year is is as we've here yep. or right now um, mm-hmm. very um, strong in defensive terms. So let's oh, say you absolutely. get another defender there as well. Yeah. By the way, Cole Cole Hudson Lane's brother is going to get drafted this year. Um, a better skater, uh, same skill set, uh, but less good defensively. So it gives you an idea of what to expect out of him. Got Sam Dickinson, Zane Parekh, Henry Muse, a bunch of the players we saw at this World's, uh, at this Helinka Gretzky Cup for Canada. Uh, you've got Aron Kiviharyu out of Finland, um, Artem Lefshunov, who's playing in the USHL. There are just a lot of really interesting defensive pieces this year. So worst case scenario, you add a number three or a number two in this year's draft, and that's just fantastic. I mean... It's going to be a very interesting year in terms of where they have to end up because they're going to have a lot of options for defense, for sure. Thank you so much, Hadi. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of a player that is ranked 13 in our top 25 under 25. Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list, teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com podcast.